In order to know virtue, we must first acquaint ourselves with vice. Good evening, everybody. Hello and welcome back to Vice. Hello. 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 (laughs) I was just admiring you admiring your wine as that was playing yeah no i have to say i poured myself a glass of a new pinotage i've never had and i was like smelly going oh yeah nothing better than a pinotage i've never had (laughs) (laughs) imagine that sorry i know i sound like such a dick but it's it's (laughs) apparently and i'm looking at the bottle it's a rocky dryland pinotage which sounds a bit podcasting Makes things like Rocky Flintstone from mm. the, you know, My Dad Wrote a Porno series. They'll sponsor us oh, one day. No, yes, that's, a, that's, that's your a hook. That's yes, a podcast. That's yeah, right, right. We aspire to such greatness. Mm-hmm. Pintuage. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have realised, Stephanie, that you have a wee thing for this because Darcy and myself have been editing the podcast all day to get them out to you on New Year's Day of this year. Ooh. Well, I guess. Fingers next crossed. Year. Yeah, 2023. But uh, Tiffany has this weird thing of repronouncing words um pretty words for no reason like visage yes you do do that yeah you double say them yeah in a lovely way it's actually just for effect (laughs) and now pinotage (laughs) obviously it's an age thing it's great delightful delightful you're welcome yeah um anyway so welcome Welcome back (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) we obviously as you can probably hear we have the original three hosts we have darcy and tiffany back together again here we are. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Yeah, ding, ding. And we have Kieran. Hello. Back. Officially, not with any chili rum this time. No chili rum. No. Negroni. I, I only brought Negronis and cheese. You are the first one to be invited back. Yes. I don't know if it's a good thing or if it's <laughs> And do you know what? I actually don't think it was because of the spiced rum. No. No. No, no it's def- probably because it you guys were definitely yeah. scraping the bottle, bottom of the, uh, the wine barrel. Yeah, literally. <laughs> There's only a fourth host there, I can't just to be behind me. And immediately realised what was going on and disappeared. Yes. So. Yeah, we'll edit that fucker out as well. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, no, that was... Yeah, we didn't. We haven't invited many guests back. Not because they weren't good, but just... Either that or they just don't come back. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, to be fair. We've actually Perhaps invited so yeah. many back. But You're actually just the first one up. to come back. Okay, I'm <laughs> a fool. This is a trap. <laughs> to be brave enough. <laughs> Most people do it once and they're done. <laughs> Lutton for punishment. That's that it. it. Yeah, oh. But the cheese was great, so thank you very much. <laughs> As was the yeah. running, let's be honest. Uh, from now on, you will notice that if you are a reader of the book, and I really hope you are, that um, there are things in the book that are not included in the podcast. So up till now, I've been pretty faithful to what's been happening. The plots have been, you know, the same-ish. Yeah. There's been a few things cut just for time. Hang on, things in the book that aren't in the podcast or things that are in the podcast that aren't in the book? Things that are in the book, book. that are not in the podcast. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, exactly. So last chapter, chapter seven, was the first time we've done this. We left it kind of, not on a cliffhanger, but... There's not a... at the end of the chapter. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So if you want to know, you have oh, to read no, it. Oh, no, have to read That's it. it. you got to buy the book. So. Oh, this sucks. I thought this podcast was going to be it. <laughs> <laughs> buy Vice the Book. Which... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, with a deeper instinct, choose a man who does not doubt my courage or my toughness, who has the courage to treat me like a woman, the fabulous and inimitable Anais Nin. It was Hogmanay, or if you weren't Scottish, New Year's Eve. Darcy had outdone herself. She had managed to get them all into Edinburgh Castle for the celebrations. 
It had helped that it was also Astrid's 30th birthday, as she had once had a brief fling with one of the castle officials, of course, hmm. back in her wilder, wilder days. Apparently, he had been very obliging at okaying the event, with Darcy's persuasion, of course. This kind of thing was something usually only, only permitted for serving military personnel. Technically, only Darcy among them held a commission, so a party actually inside the barracks at Edinburgh Castle on Hogmanay, the biggest New Year's Eve event in the world, at the most iconic location in the world, was definitely something of a coup. For appearances' sake, they'd all promised the castle contact that they'd all tear off a perfect synchronised military salute should anyone vaguely official looking turn up. Darcy had visibly cringed at the idea, which had made the girls even more determined to go through with it if the opportunity arose. This had led to Hunter's current situation, which was standing in the bedroom of her Edinburgh flat, packing for yet another stay at hotel, albeit for a very different experience this time. Her excitement was already palpable. She was his slave. They had made it official. She was completely saturated with a warm feeling of contentment, with com- complimented, which complemented the streaks of burnished gold that split her windows as the sun set over the imposing silhouette of Edinburgh Castle. Hang on, hang on. She's going to stay in Edinburgh Castle. Yes. Yeah. And from her window, she can see Edinburgh, Edinburgh Castle. Castle. Yes. Yeah. Like you've never. Cool. Seen it's like a really exciting <laughs> uh, city city vacation, isn't it? Like oh, what was she is there? going to be so stunned. Like it's going to be insane. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like you've never stayed in a hotel in Edinburgh, having lived in Edinburgh. Well, I have, but I don't think I, I don't think I lived in Edinburgh when I did. Uh-huh. But it's certainly not a hotel I could see from my window. <laughs> I've not looked at my neighbour's flat and thought, I'm getting that when it goes I mean, up on Airbnb. Are we really classing Edinburgh Castle as just like another normal hotel? No, that's a fair point. Do you know what's really funny though? When I first wrote this, and it was Darcy that picked me up on it, even though... Oh, this was absolutely brilliant. Even though I'm from here, even though I now live here, pretty much brought up here, I wrote that Edinburgh Castle was on Arthur's seat. What? No way. Yeah. You know that they're like opposite. Oh, yeah. well, I not read opposite this and like, a bit. Um, I, I, no, I really do. I was like, did you do that on purpose? Or? Like, you know what? You know what? I like it when an author does their research. <laughs> uh, I like it when they really embody the city. You know, the worst thing is, is the research has been in completely different places. Like, <laughs> but I just was like, I don't, when I read Thank it. God your first editor was from here and oh. picked up on that. And you grew up what? 25 minutes outside Literally. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've stayed in Edinburgh. I've been to Edinburgh. Like, I know where Edinburgh Castle is. It's at the top of the rock. So, yeah. so what, why? I have no idea. Okay, cool. Yeah. It wasn't intentional. I had obviously just had a mind melt. How much wine had you drank at yeah, that point? Yeah. I, think, I think all all mistakes, errors, corrections, grammatical yeah. um, just go missteps. With wine. Wine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, she grinned at the spectacle, the castle perched atop its rocky outcrop like a cat on a barstool. It set the scene in her bedroom like something from a classic Hollywood movie starring Marilyn Monroe or Sophia Loren. All she needed was a martini, a feathered peignoir, peignoir. peignoir and a dressing oh, table mirror. <laughs> I have absolutely That's what I was going to ask. Is I... that a feather boa? Like, no, it's no. such an old-fashioned term. I'm sorry, it's so wanky. It's like a sort of um, sheer dressing gown, like a sort of... Like, uh, from this like a house coat 50s no but. <laughs> yeah, that's like a 50s all she needed thing. was a martini like a baby doll type thing and yes. a feathered baby doll or homeware because uh, yeah it's more of a dress like, as long as this book comes with footnotes we'll be fine <laughs> yeah. the best books do, do we, oh my god do you know what that's what I'm going to do I'm going to basically write out what I've said or how I've described them you should you should have Tiffany's footnotes Tiffany's footnotes <laughs> 
Tiffany's index. I'll be like, no idea what the fuck that is. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> it was a martini, a feather pinoir, and a dressing table surrounded with light bulbs. Whereas what she had was a glass of red wine and an open empty suitcase. How to dress elegantly and sexily for a Kaylee. Kayleys were ridiculously fun, but they were not for the faint-hearted. The entire event night was centred around an entire evening of energetic Scottish country dancing that would leave even the most athletic patron breathless and sweaty. Hours and hours of paddy bar dance steps being burled around by enormous Scottish men and high-kicking to the Gay Gordons was one hell of a workout. She smiled as she realised that in many ways it was actually much harder to dress for a Kaylee than it was for an orgy. What did you need for an orgy? Whatever you felt most sexual and attractive in. Usually something that could be easily removed with the very minimum of fuss. Kilt. (laughs) (laughs) So really you're dressing the same for both then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's it's a lot easier for dudes. Do you know what? I guess that's like the reason they were created, right? It's like (laughs) multi-purpose. I mean, kilts don't even need to be taken off. And it didn't matter. We'll take you to a Kaylee, don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) The Americans like what's a Kaylee? <laughs> and also, I know perfectly. Well I need to, I need to go on record because I have seen too many shit movies. And TV I'm so glad you said movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have, and I want to put this to bed for once and for all. Real Scotsmen do not wear anything under their kilts. I am going on record. This is categorical. Yeah. Okay? If you are from Scotland, if you're Scottish, if you're wearing a kilt, you do not wear boxers, pants of any description. You are naked. Back me up. That is. Currently true. However, historically, they used to wear trousers under the kilts. What? Don't historic me. I mean, I'm talking about... I, I, know, I, I know. I am entirely with you. Right. Nowadays, if you're a true Scotsman, yes. you ain't wearing nothing. Thank you. Unless you want it. I mean, but then you're not a true Scotsman. There we go. Thank so, you. Yeah, <laughs> Stop my, confusing my, me. My, my point being, like, you know, there's, there's shy fellas out there. I know some dudes who don't mind wearing boxers oh underneath. Oh, then they just don't lift up their kilts if they're that shy. Oh, it's, it's never our choice. <laughs> <laughs> they don't lift up their kilts. But there are snoopers who've had too much red wine. <laughs> Hunter. I'm also, sorry. they flow in the dance. He was looking at Tiffany quite directly there when he said that. I feel like she's maybe had a bit of experience there. No, I've I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Back to the orgy. <laughs> and it didn't matter how painful the heels that you wore were due to the simple fact that you wouldn't ever be in them for very long. Or if you were, you certainly wouldn't be standing in them. What do you need for a Kaylee? She pondered the options as she sipped her glass of velvety red wine and considered her choices. Shoes were a minefield for a start. You needed high heels, obviously. This was a formal black tie event. The men would be in their best Bonnie Prince Charlie jackets and finest kilts. But choose heels that were too high and you were at very serious risk of a broken ankle. Stiletto heels were always Hunter's preference, but if the Highland fling was undertaken, as it inevitably would be, they could quite literally take an unsuspecting passerby's eye out. As for the dress, well, you needed a dress you could be comfortable contorting yourself in, but it couldn't be too loose or too slinky, as that risked quite a dramatic wardrobe malfunction. Hunter would never forget Tiffany at their first university, Kaylee. The look of abject horror on her face as she was lifted bodily off the floor by an over-enthusiastic giant Scotsman. Her strapless dress had fallen to her waist, much to the delight of her dance partner and half of the people in the room. Tiffany had been mortified. She had still been divesting herself of the last vestiges of her guilt-ridden religious upbringing at the time. (laughs) So how often, in a Kaylee, how many dances in before you go barefoot? One. Half. Yeah. Yeah. Take, no. them off, take them off before a start? No, I would say I probably managed two. And then I'm, then I'm out. Can I would say almost every Kaylee I've been at, 
I would say at least ninety you know, percent. Do you know what though? End up with no, the girls no. who aren't wearing shoes, oh, yeah. risking getting stood on by a clumsy bloke. Oh, that, I've been stood exactly on so it, many right? times. So that's the dilemma, right? So you either you're either in pain because your heels are so sore and you can't really move as nimbly as you like want that. to, um, but then you will get absolutely like annihilated by these like really really fat heeled shoes that these guys wear with their gilts. Yeah. So, yeah, you're just kind of... There is a way. third option, which I like. Wear flats. Yeah, I, I do know some people who are smart enough to take pumps, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh my God, pumps, valley pumps, remember those. Remember those? I still wear those. <laughs> I don't think I've worn one of them in so long. But yeah, yeah. I that, forgot but, but, that's but, what but they were called. It tends to be, there's, no, there's not the, the drunken forethought, so it tends to be a lot of barefooted... Um, yeah. And ladies and, and guys waiting to show everyone that they are absolutely true Scots uh, by falling <laughs> and revealing everything. For Hunter, when it came to a party, the right aesthetics were everything. I'm just intrigued to how this how this keeps sexy because, I mean, a Kaylee is loads of fun, and and it can lead to lead to fun. However, it's often a sweaty mess. <laughs> As all best you're things say, are. You're not saying that like. And fun is not a sweaty mess. No, but I'm wondering. Like, what are I'm you like, that 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 um, uh, previous <laughs> stuff we've read is all about elegance and yeah. looking beautiful yeah. and making sure we don't make a full part. Normally, it's like, oh, how do I get the hair to stop yeah. sticking to my face? <laughs> <laughs> do I have mascara on my shoulders? Sorry, it's ripped that far. I just can't. You're <laughs> not your my shoe. You're not your sexy yourself. No. Oh my gosh, no, not at so all. So it's going to be intriguing to see if this stays. Quite it, in fairness, though, it is Hogmanay in Scotland, yeah. so like you can go outside and you can cool down pretty quickly. Yeah. Instantaneous, yeah. and everyone yeah. looks the same. That's yeah. the, well, that's the nice thing, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're sweaty, you're you're glistening, but it's kind of nice, isn't it? Like, yeah. you're also, by the time the Kaylee really kicks off, everyone's hammered. Yeah, so it the thing no is, one really, the, the, no one can see, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. The crossover between between Kaylee orgy and like group fight are very, are very like <laughs> oh my God, it's yeah. bruised. Everyone ends There's up not much in it, sweaty. It? It's like especially know. in Scotland, yeah. Kaylee orgy and group fight. Well, what did you go to? Oliver, yeah. Tourists welcome. Yeah. I once I had a friend from Glasgow who there was this notorious pool hall. You had a friend from Glasgow. I, friend from, I know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I still Why? have a friend from Glasgow, but there was this notorious pool hall at the end of Woodland Road or something, and I don't. For, I never went. Shockingly enough, I have no idea what it was called. But it, he once said that yeah, it was really rough because you know he once went for a fight and by God, a game of pool broke out. <laughs> <laughs> That's Glasgow. She had left her flat deliberately early in order to get to the hotel and get everything set up. She had suspected that this was that this particular case, she would know more about where they were staying than he would. The bar at the Balmoral had been an old haunt of her and the girls in days gone by and had been the first place she'd met Richard all those years ago. She knew this is why Tiffany had chosen this place to be where they'd been they'd all be staying. She loved it here for obvious reasons. It was also just walkable from the castle, as on this night there wouldn't be any taxis for miles, and even private cars were out, as they had already closed off the main streets in preparation for this evening's festivities. Hunter had booked her own room in which to get ready. Although she would be on his arm tonight, this was her friend's birthday. She supposed that she would have to get used to this occasional blurring of the lines in their relationship, as he was friends with Richard in his own right. Their independent worlds would surely collide occasionally, like tonight, and she suspected no more than occasionally. Their mutual friends and... Proclivities. Proclivities aside. You know, I see that one. They 
I just panic when I see it. I'm like, I don't oh even try. God, I'm like, oh my god, I don't know that word is so long. It was also essential to Hunter that they had separate rooms in which to get ready because she had a little surprise planned for him. She knew that she'd end up in fe- in oh, she knew she'd end up in his room after the event. But beforehand, she wanted to play a few games. In fact, she wanted to play one of her very favorite games. Scrabble in it. <laughs> Their contract had unbreakable rules around consent. Rules that they had created meticulously together to allow complete sexual abandon. Tonight, she was going to put him, put them to her favorite use. She would force him to make her submit to him. And she would try to fight as hard as she could and as long as she could hold out against the inevitable pain of her desire for him. She was almost dizzy with anticipation. It was rare that she ever got to play this game, as previously she had never sufficiently trusted a man involved. She trusted him, though, and she knew he wouldn't let her down tonight. He was as debauched as she was, and she knew he'd enjoy this as much as she would. She got everything set up in her room and fully expected him to arrive at any moment. She was not disappointed. She had barely had time to even pour herself a drink and changes to something devastating when she heard the door unlock and the handle turn. She quickly disappeared into the bathroom, leaving the stage set. He walked in through the door and dropped his overnight bag on the back of a chair. She was so e- he, sorry. He was so eager to see her again, and he hadn't even made it to his own room yet. He couldn't bear the thought of an excruciatingly long party before he got to have her. The muscles shifted in his broad shoulders, betraying the stresses of the previous week. His work was taking more of a toll on him than usual. He would really have to start doing more business in the UK. For obvious reasons, he preferred the far less regulated subcontinent. He picked up the whiskey that had been left for him, impressed that his submissive seemed to be learning his needs and demands. He expected nothing less of his huntress as he was beginning to think of her. He was about to take a long pull of the rich amber liquid when he suddenly noticed that he was hooked consequentially onto <laughs> the know. side. Yeah. Try that again. Did I absolutely? I have no idea what that is, but... Coquettish. Coquettish. Oh, for God's sake. I'm guessing, but it's coquettish, right? So, actually... Oh, like... yeah, there's no N in there. I just yeah. made that up. <laughs> no, no, I can't explain it. I was trying to make it really smooth. If no, someone's being coquettish, they're almost being... Uh, playful in yeah. a slightly silly sort of, I don't know why but kind of feline-ish way yeah like it's, in a little it's sort an of old a... fashioned word now actually and I'm not ah. sure I need to look up to make sure it's not somehow um, inappropriate because coquettish it's, it's such a like, young woman kind of word I, ever, so when you say that I just think of croquette potatoes <laughs> yeah oh potatoes forever croquettish croquettish that is for your mother, please. No, yeah, yeah, please. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jo- uh, croquettes get yeah. When he suddenly noticed he was hooked on croquettes onto the side of the glass, and also mushrooms. I fucking love tapas. <laughs> he was about to take a long pool of the rich amber liquid when he suddenly noticed what was hooked playfully onto the side of the glass. It was a testament to how tired he was that he hadn't seen it straight away. It wasn't exactly subtle. He was momentarily incredulous until he realized what it meant. He would have no choice but to put her in, a prop, in her proper place. He relished the thought. He adored the fact that she had chosen to tease him in this way. He began loosening his tie, 
which would come in handy later as part of her punishment. A punishment he would make sure that she would feel for days. As if summoned by his insatiable desire, she walked in from the other room. Her movements were confident, slow, and deliberately sensuous. And they drove him wild. The, the soft lighting played over her tan skin. She wore an extravagant choker of black, rich leather and gold chains around her throat. She was dressed in six-inch Louboutin heels, stockings, suspenders, and a cutaway black thong, and a stiff-boned corset which left her breast fully and completely exposed. Her nipples were already betraying her desire, firm, hard, and adorned with ornate gold jewelry that attached to her collar. She walked past him, ignoring him, and poured herself a drink from the whiskey decanter on the table. By right, she should be on her knees worshipping his cock already. She turned and locked eyes with him, defiant and challenging, goad, goading? Mm -hmm. goading him to react. Desire flooded through him, and he wanted her on her knees. He carefully put the drink down. No, he carefully put down the drink in his hand. Did you enjoy it, she asked, eyes sparkling and amused smirk playing across her lips. You'll pay for that, he said motioning towards the mushroom he had placed in the napkin on the table beside him. She just laughed. Oh, master, for that you'll have to catch me first. Then she ran. He should have seen it coming, but he was caught off guard by her insubordination. He lunged for her wrist and missed, a grunt of frustration escaping his lips. He was incensed now. He caught her by the hair as she tried to slip past him and out of the door. She yelped and struggled, but he held her fast. He forced her hard against the wall and pinned her there with his body, Facing away from him, her nipples grazed the cold surface and stiffened. She hated how much she wanted this man, how much power he had over her. She wanted to resist him, wanted to make him suffer with his desire for her, wanted to play. But she could feel the wetness spreading down her thighs as his strong hands held her and wouldn't let her move. He was without a doubt the strongest lover she had ever had. She refused to give him the satisfaction of knowing the effect he had on her, though. So she struggled and moved and tried to defy him goading him even now. He growled into her ear. You're mine now. She could feel the satisfaction in his voice, caressing her skin and enveloping her limbs. No, she gasped, trying to wriggle free, still immensely enjoying the game, hard as it was to keep up the pretense of defiance and insolence. Yes, he said, and laughed. She fought back, hard, Arms twisted behind her, her nails grazing his neck and raising a welt. But she was no match for his strength. Her resistance only made him want her all the more. He could feel his cock throbbing for her, straining through his trousers. He would dominate, sorry, he would dominate his insolent slave yet. Still pinning her against the wall, he grabbed her scrabbling hands and twisted them tightly behind her back and held her wrists fast, his body hard against hers. He used one hand to remove his tie, and bound her wrists firmly behind her back. No more scratches from her tonight. You can keep struggling, but you know it won't do any good. He licked the side of her face slowly, before gently biting her bottom lip. No, she breathed, still challenging. He turned her around, roughly, her hands now bound tightly behind her, and forced her back against the wall, this time facing him, his mouth an inch from hers. She tried to turn her face away, but he held her by her collar, and looked into her eyes, making her gasp. Yes. He forced his tongue into her mouth and kissed her hard, furiously. 
She was powerless to resist. He pressed his body against hers and felt her shivel, shiver against his chest. He used his knees to spread her legs. She tried to force her knees together, but she was no match for him. He was enjoying every second of her struggle, this mock resistance. He knew how much she wanted him. He could smell it on her skin, taste it in her mouth. He put his hand around her throat and squeezed. He pinned her there and moved his other hand down her body, playing with her full breast with his fingers. He knew how to tame her. He squeezed her nipples roughly, eliciting a moan from her. She hated herself for enjoying this so much. She tried to break free of his touch, but he just squeezed them even harder, still kissing her roughly. She could barely muster the strength to resist. Some slave she was. His hand continued down over the stiff material of her corset, and he slipped his finger inside her thong. No, no, no. She was panting now, trying to move free of his grasp, but she could barely breathe his hand around her neck. Her body trying to twist and wriggle free of his touch, her master's touch. He bit down hard on her bottom lip, murmuring, You know you can wriggle all you like. It will just feel even better when I eventually take you. Force your legs apart and fuck you hard. You know it will. His hand felt the hot, wet slickness running down her thighs. He knew he couldn't play this game much longer. He had to have her. He pushed his fingers inside her and immediately found her sweet spot. He knew just how to manipulate the inside of her with his fingers, where to stroke and touch and tease. He knew there was nothing she could do now. He had her. She started sobbing and breathing hard. He played with her, stroking the inside of her, building her to what he knew would be a truly explosive orgasm. She could pretend she didn't want him as much as she liked, but he knew he controlled her body better than she did. Two of his fingers inside her and his thumb on her clit was all it took to tame her. He teased her, bringing her to the point of orgasm and then cruelly stopping, letting her know that she was his toy, his slave. She cried and moaned, whimpering no, but pushing herself hard against his hand, kissing him back ravenously. Finally, she came, hard, shaking and gushing and convulsing all over his hand. He felt it, felt her clench around his fingers. He let out an animal growl. He couldn't hold back anymore. He threw her face down onto the floor, her body still rocking with the power of her orgasm. He pulled her still-bound hands over her head and tied the other end of his tie to a table leg. She could struggle, but she couldn't move far. He liked it this way. She tried to resist even now. She tried to get to her knees, but the force of her orgasm had taken the strength out of her. He grabbed her ankles and forced them apart, forced her flat on the floor, floor, her face against the carpet. You're mine now, mine, he said, as he began to unbuckle his belt. He took off his belt and shirt like an assassin would ready his weapon, swift, aggressive, with the practiced ease of a professional at work the action a deadly harbinger of the mortal eclipse that was inevitably to come. With one knee on her back to keep her still, he held his belt looped around his fist, keeping a tight hold of the buckle, as per their previous agreement. The sound of him undoing the buckle had been enough to wake her from her post-orgasmic stupor, long enough to shout no, one last time, before he brought the leather down hard across her ass. She yelped, but the look of delight on her face betrayed her, he did it again, and again, and again. He loved watching her writhe and squeal beneath him, her ass turning redder and redder with every lash. Just as she thought that she couldn't take any more, he dropped the belt and released his ready and straining cock, 
from where it had been desperate to dominate her. It was perfect, thick and throbbing with desire. He ripped off her thong, spread her legs and forced himself hard into her, as deep as he could go. She screamed, but he ignored her. He fucked her, as hard and as deep as he could. One hand back around her neck, gently choking, the other pulling her hair, forcing her thighs open, forcing her onto his cock, up to the very hilt of him, stretching her around him. Try and fight it. I can't, she whispered, enraptured. She couldn't fight him. She was a slave for him. Instead, she begged him to fuck her harder, deeper, faster. He filled every willing inch of her. She screamed his name at the top of her voice. Nothing else mattered. Nothing else existed except his cock inside of her. She wanted nothing else but to be used as a whore by this man, taken and abused again and again, completely shackled and defiled. And he knew it. He plunged into her harder and harder. He could never get enough of this woman, this woman that would torment him so. She started trembling around him, still screaming his name. She came so hard, her delectable body tightening around his cock and forcing the orgasm out of him. He came even harder inside of her, gushing hot, thick, sticky sperm deep inside of her body, claiming her. Still coming, he pulled his cock from her body and gushed all over her thighs, her ass, her back, covering her body in his seed. You're mine, you hear me? he said, as he collapsed on top of her twitching, spent body. Yes, master, she replied breathlessly. Now get up, he said, raising himself onto his elbows and looking into her eyes, before raising himself off her completely. We have a party to get to. I'll be ready in an hour, and so will you. There's a chilled martini arriving for you in exactly five minutes, so I suggest you get off the floor so that the poor concierge doesn't suffer from spontaneous ejaculation when he enters the room. The least interruptions of any part of the podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, top top sexy writing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Smashed it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Also, he Darcy. comes like a fucking fire hose. Yeah. Jesus. Well, Kim Snyder, an honor, but an honor back, an honor. Yeah. Well, even my gay friend said that. Guy drinks hot. a lot. So guy drinks like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hot, but Jesus. I mean. <laughs> She said, as she tried to sit bolt upright, momentarily forgetting that she was tied face down on the floor to a movable table leg. Easy to forget, I guess. <laughs> um, she yelped as she wrenched her shoulders and landed harder on her elbows. I'm sorry, can, can I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But I just want to visualise. I was getting into my But rhythm. I just want to visualise, right? Yeah. So she got... T- no, she's her face down. Like yeah, because then he flipped so her So she was tied like that? Yeah, he Because that's what I was like, with hands above her head, I was like, oh, that's awful sore. Yeah. So she then, tries to get up, she forgets. Okay, now, she now, okay so she's, she stood up like a pencil initially, with her hands but tied like that. She didn't like get that. that far, she literally tried to stand up and wrench No, 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 but before. initially... Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, yes, yes, yes. Because wh- wh- where did he tie her hands initially? When he behind her back. When he f- behind her back? No, no, he tied her up initially when she was on the floor and he tied her to the table out. But before that, no, he before oh, that. no, no, sorry, he ties her behind her back, but he, he spins her around. No, he puts his hand, he puts her hands above his head. So he, he her gets head. her hands under yeah. her butt and she puts hoops her legs through. No, <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying is, yeah, because it's behind her back, right? What I'm saying is, I think, yeah, this sub dom thing, mm-hmm. I think she's got broken arms. No, she doesn't. Oh my god, stop okay. it. No. No, this is getting too far. No, but genuinely, yeah. I think she he took off her yeah. his 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 tie yes. and tied her. Yeah, hands and then she's done this. No, 
I love it. Nobody can she see what Darcy's doing. No. Because the next the next line is he moves her hands above her head. Yeah, he, but he said to go under her first. Because otherwise she she'd break against, her eyes. She was pinned up against the wall. Or no, she did or he just unties her arms and then just No, no, he, he turned them around because he tied her arms above no. her head. No, no. But it said behind her no, back. No, no, no. It was behind her back. He said. Slowly, here. Ever solicitous with aftercare as he undid the ties around her wrists and massaged some life back into them. The tie had been tight and the grooves left were obvious. He then kissed her palm and helped her slowly to her feet. She stood in front of him, hair dishevelled, corset gone, suspenders askew and the tie dangling from one wrist. My God, she was stunning. She blinked slowly, coming back to herself as a lazy smile spread over her face and she stood swaying slightly, relishing the liquid stickiness that she could feel running down the back of her body. Two hours, you said? One, he replied, as he rebuckled his belt and pulled on his shirt. He paused, remembering something. Before you descend into full preparation, I have a gift for you. Still somewhat ruffled from their games, he moved across the room to where his jacket had fallen and pulled a very expensive-looking box from inside his pocket. She stretched languorously and moved towards him before sitting on the end of her still-made bed. He turned and almost sheepishly handed her the box. Impressive, she thought, as she untied the matte black ribbon, expertly holding it together. She opened the box and gasped in delight. Nestling among the folds of black satin was an ornate red snakeskin collar with the word Venetrix embossed in gold lettering across the front. Her breath caught. She had never seen anything so beautiful. She looked up and saw that he held the matching gold chain leash in his powerful hand. She looked up at him, tears in her eyes. Venetrix, she questioned. Well, the lat isn't, isn't exactly right for hunter. A closer translation is huntress. My huntress. And we could hunt the world together. Master and slave. That is, if this is something you want. It was. She stared dumbfounded at the gift. Let me put it on you. Of course, she said, regaining her voice and a modicum of composure. Inside, she was cursing her dress choice. There was no way she could wear the halter neck now. She'd need to wear the emergency second dress she'd bought. Brought. Tiffany, obviously. Tiffany, obviously. How, how pleased are you you didn't get the Latin? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Hunter sorted me out on that. <laughs> I edited out so much Latin in the first edit. She did. He carefully removed her black choker, which by some minor miracle had survived their exertions, and replaced it delicately with her new red snakeskin. The material was cool against her neck and soothed where he had been holding her against the wall. He tightened it so that it constricted her only minutely, so that at no point she could forget she was wearing it. But so she could breathe and drink. He really is a master, she thought. Stunning, he stated, before throwing on his jacket and picking up his overnight back. Oh, bag. shit. Bag? His overnight back. <laughs> <laughs> that was me again, Jesus Christ. I've only edited this 17,000 times. Stunning, he stated, before throwing on his jacket and picking up his overnight bag in one deft movement. She had a sudden desire for him to have her again. With his muscled grace, he was irresistible. She wanted him to backhand her across the face and force her against the wall again, this time wrapping the chain around her throat. His eyes locked with hers and he could see her thoughts written in vivid red above her. Later, Venetrix, we have a bar- party to get to. He downed the last of the whiskey she'd left in her glass, winked and was gone, taking her chain with him. She sat for a second completely overwhelmed and overjoyed by her gift. Then reality brought her back to earth. Tiffany would be here any second so that the two women could get ready together. She stood in the middle of the room, looking around blankly, but having no idea where to start, smelling his seed all over her. There was a knock at the door. She rushed over to open it, completely forgetting her state of undress. 
Tiffany breezed into the room in a waft of sweet yet subtle perfume and a cloud of enthusiasm. Damn, lady, she laughed. You look like you've been ridden hard and put away wet. Tiffany handed Hunter the puddle of rose satin on the dressing table she was reaching for. That is fucking foul. <laughs> ridden hard and put away wet. <laughs> That is... I've never heard that phrase before. I'm going to use it tomorrow. But, like, that is... I just got a couple of messages I need to make right now. <laughs> Ridden hard and put away wet. Yeah, I, mean, I was absolutely shocked by that. Exactly I'm what's like, happened, though, Holy shit. I mean, it's fair. It's like... Yeah. It makes absolute sense. Yeah. It has the most disgusting imagery. Yeah. I cannot... I, by the way, on record, I haven't coined this phrase. It's not my phrase. It's an American saying. Written hard and put away wet. Okay. Written hard and put away wet. What is it? What is it like? It must be a sad. Yeah. What does it talk right? about? Is it talk? You're just giving away what you're into. Are, no, are, there, horse, are there horses involved? Like is. Well, like it. it, it it, mu- it must be it must be a saddle. If you're ridden a hard and you put it away wet, then its shape will be malformed. They do get quite a lot of rain in the south. Do they? We are overthinking this. <laughs> Right, so so like like it, you're gonna malform the, the 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 leather and stuff. All the Americans yeah. listening to this, who are obviously not from Indiana, um, tell do you, us. Do, well, do you yeah. know? Do you know? Red hand put away. No, yeah. I. It's been you said to me in a sexual reference. Okay. okay, okay, yeah, definitely. Let us know what that means. Yeah, no, let's Google that I, later. I don't know if it's to do with it. I wouldn't Google that if I were you. Tiffany handed Hunter the puddle of rose satin on the dressing table she was reaching for. Gorgeous robe, by the way, babe. Thanks, agent provocateur. Naturally. Hold the phone. What is that on your neck? Tiffany continued with a squeal. Only the most exquisite gift that I've ever been given, Hunter said softly smiling and stroking her neck. Good Lord, it's embossed. What does it mean? Hunter told her. She felt like she was walking on air. Between the earth-shattering sex and the confirmation of everything she had ever wanted from life, she felt like she had to be in a dream. A caller with her name on it. Yeah. So you've had a delightful afternoon then, (laughs) Tiffany asked. And the rest? He is a god among men. So I see, Tiffany laughed, noticing the blush at her friend's throat and obvious marks on her wrist. Right, you get in the shower and I'll get the outfits organised. Drink? Well, actually, he said Hunter was cut off by another much crisper knock at the door, as if by magic. Tiffany raised an eyebrow but opened the door as Hunter went to shower. An impeccably dressed concierge stepped into the room with two Harris crystal martini glasses filled to the brim with chilled transparent liquid and olive in each one. His silver tray also contained a cocktail shaker and some snacks. Ooh. <laughs> Good man providing What sort of snacks, though? Right. right. Are we talking pretzels? Are we talking nuts? <laughs> and those nuts. She's already, had, she's already had some nuts. She doesn't oh. need any more nuts. <laughs> Someone's nutted all over her back, for fuck's sake. And her ass. And her chest. <laughs> no, I mean, no she, chest. essentially, just she's having a shower. Compliments of the gentleman who just left, he said before exiting as professionally as he had arrived. Well, thought Tiffany, he certainly is a gentleman, and with impeccable taste to boot. She busied herself laying out dresses, shoes, underwear, and makeup, sipping her drink, and putting some appropriate party music on in the room speakers. Hunter re-emerged. Re-emerged. Yeah. I was like, what the hell does re-emerge mean? <laughs> also, I need to know what the appropriate music was. So, right, the only song that I could think of was either, like, some kind of 90s dance music, like, I'm good and I'm feeling all right, or... No, absolutely Frank not. Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank Sinatra. Martini's that... 
90s music. When you say appropriate party music, like that's what yeah, I guess. It's, it's definitely on Blue WWE. Yeah. <laughs> She's having a martini in the Balmoral wearing satin. It's Frank Sinatra. Right, okay, fine. It's not what I'm imagining. It's my book. It's Frank Sinatra. That's not what I'm imagining. <laughs> Hunter reemerged, well scrubbed, with her eyes shining. Although remnants of his presence still lingered delightfully at her wrists and throat. Hunter loved this more than anything. Drinking something delicious whilst dressing for a black tie event with one of her three best friends, she reveled in this feeling of complete and utter happiness. Tiffany was feeling something similar. They were so looking forward to the party and in such a fabulous setting. Even Tiffany, who wasn't always Scotland's biggest fan, was excited to be inside the castle for such a spectacular event. Oh God, this martini is amazing, Hunter enthused. Sweetheart, you're on such a high, you could be drinking petrol and still enjoying it, Tiffany laughed. True, Hunter grinned. She had applied the barest sweep of makeup in the bathroom and was now stepping delicately into her, into her red La Pera lingerie. Tiffany, meanwhile, was affixing yeah. a ridiculously ostentatious necklace to herself. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Tell me those aren't real, Hunter asked, noting an oversized, noting the oversized pink diamonds around her friend's throat. What do you think, Richard insisted. Hunter groaned and looked at her friend through wide eyes. You cannot wear those. One burl and you'll never see them again. I know, I know, I tried to tell him. He promised to be gentle. Gentle? Richard? Wait. Dick card? Big dick. Oh, oh, you finally get it right. Oh, sorry. I was thinking eight chapters in, and I said his name right. Damn. I I was thinking I kept reading longer than I was supposed to. No. Okay. (laughs) Gentle, Richard. After half a bottle of fine a single malt, you're going to end the. You are going to end up on your ass again, and you know it. And you'll lose those stunning diamonds under a table somewhere. Tiffany sighed. She knew her friend was right, but she also knew that her husband's rule was law. She had to wear the diamonds, and if they got lost, they got lost. She just had to deal with it later. At least Richard never got angry about things like that, unlike Peter. He was always so severe with Darcy. One tiny mistake and he'd act like she had done something awful. Well, if they do come flying off, I can't promise I'll be crawling about under the tables to help you find them. This dress is held up by nothing but hope as it is. <laughs> nice. By now, both women were a hair's breadth away from ready. All that remained was for them to finish their martinis and slip into their finishing touches. Hunter knocked back the last of her drink and almost reverently, reverentially, reverentially reaffixed her collar at, the th- at her throat. You're wearing it to the party? Tiffany asked, surprised. You know it's not just our set tonight. I do, but he commanded, so I must. Plus, you know what most people are like. They'll think it's fashionable and not even notice the length to attach the chain. Or the fact that it's embossed. Oh, I'm not worried about that. How many people do you know still read Latin? Yeah, not us. <laughs> not <laughs> most people that read there. this book, I imagine. <laughs> Tiffany, pretend to consider the question. Um, Darcy? Ha, true. But trust me, she won't give too hot. <laughs> Tiffany is the voice of the people, by the way, with that, with that, with that Latin line. Just, yeah. just 
Yeah, she's yeah. the voice of the reader. Yeah, I think, I think so. I don't think that many people... Who reads know. Latin anymore? And everyone goes, none of us! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like on the tube and they'll be like, fucking yeah, I'll get you. <laughs> if you do, please get in touch. But See yeah. how many do. No. Or, or do you know what? If you do, don't get in we touch. We should all know a little bit more Latin, yeah. but we all are <clears throat> Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like J.K. Rowling, half of her fucking books are Latin. They're all spells are in Latin. Actual Latin. Yeah, but do you know what's really funny? The not spells. many people actually know that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But there's spells. Also, I've not, not read a lot of spells in this. So one. I don't know. No, yeah, not so many spells. Except from love spells. Oh. I mean, I know all the spells, but we will go into that. Oh, nerd. What, what do you mean you know nerd all the spells? Nerd alert. Oh. oh. Harry Potter's great. <gasps> so you can't take the piss at a lot anymore then? You know all the spells. Well, I know Latin. Hang on, hang on. You like Harry Potter, so you can't take the piss out of Latin. Right. Hey, no one was taking the piss out of Latin. <laughs> <laughs> we just said, no, everyone knows it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. Hey, there you go. It's not Wingardium, it's Leviosa. Oh. Not Leviosa. Okay. <laughs> so, so essentially, you are the wrong, she yeah. is the Hermione. As also J.K. No, no, that's not how you say ass. it. <laughs> Sorry, J.K. Sorry, JK. Yeah. Sorry, does she own Latin? <laughs> Probably, to be fair. We don't know. JK, JK, JK. Okay, right. We're only <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay. Ha! True. But trust me, she won't give two hoots about my collar when she sees what Astrid is wearing tonight. Both women laughed at this, knowing that in about five minutes they would all descend to the bar downstairs and Darcy would get her first look at Astrid's 30th birthday party outfit. Astrid had wanted to get ready alone so that no one, not even her best friends, saw it in advance. Darcy, naturally, had been requested by Peter. It was the only thing missing in the girls' afternoon. Their friend there to enjoy the build-up with them. Tiffany smoothed down the satin of her cream ankle length dress. Ooh. <laughs> cream. Interesting. Ankle length dress that was slit straight at the front to mid-thigh. She looked editable. Oh. Edible? Sorry. You're editable. <laughs> this is all editable. <laughs> that is, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought there was almost like a pun there. But just... No, she just looked edible. <laughs> she looked like she needed editing. <laughs> I was a little bit concerned about. I was like, that's a bit harsh, but okay. Sorry. So she looked edible. Edible. um, But also editable. We're ready. Let's go, Hunter said, trying to contain her ample cleavage in the low-cut red satin with her provocative slit up the side. This very, this time very definitely cut to the upper thigh. The collar complemented the outfit to perfection. The ladies left the hotel room one in cream, one in red, looking like heaven and hell made flesh. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we have finally finished the cursed chapter cursed eight. Chapter eight. I mean, ch- oh, cheers, cheers to that! Yeah, 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 we got there. Well, well, you know to what? Break the curse. That was oh. absolutely a great chapter. We hope you've enjoyed the latest chapter of Ice. If so, buy the book, where even more will be revealed. But also get in touch and follow us into our world of debauchery on Instagram at Vice the Podcast. Or find me on Facebook and online at terrystewartauthor.com. Until next time.